Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome into a winning edition of the Sox on Tap postgame show. This is Tony Marchese alongside NWI Steve, and we are here to recap a tremendous victory over the Cleveland Guardians. Steve, how you doing, my friend? Hey, yo, Anthony. I'm doing great. I'm powered by 69 Mega tonight. Sox went out there, took care of business against the Cleveland Guardians. Lance Lynn shoved. They deployed the multi-home run strategy, and that fucking cancer, Tony La Russa, was nowhere near the fucking baseball team I love. I couldn't ask for a better day. Well, that's a, that's a lot said there, Stephen. All right, before we get in and break this one down, be sure you go on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow the show at Socks on Tap. Follow us on the main account on Twitter as well at ONTAP Sportsnet and go subscribe to the YouTube page. Drop in the comments. We love the comments. We've already got our guy Sal in here. White Sox are hashtag redacted. How you doing tonight, Sal? Cheers, crack them, and uh, hope you are well out there. Let's hope we get some more comments in here tonight. It's it's victory beer time, Steve. It's absolutely victory beer here. And uh, I hope you have one too. No, no, no beer for Steve. I, I do not have um, any beverages in the fridge no adult, here no adult at, sodas. Uh, at uh, Casa de NWI Steve. Um, it's all about hydration right now. It's all about hydration for you. That's that's fantastic. Well, I'm going to enjoy the victory beer. And uh, we're going to talk about a White Sox winner. Lance Lynn looked awesome today. Some thoughts on Lance Lynn. You know, first inning was a little bit shaky. There were obviously some defensive miscues behind him there a little bit, falling behind in some counts. But after that, he was really able to regroup and went out there, did what he has been doing for much of the last, you know, four to five weeks here. Just working ahead of guys, pounding the strike zone, mixing in the curveball to go along with the various fastball variations that he's got, keeping the guardians hitters off balance and just doing the damn job. And the fact of the matter is he was able to um, give this team some length today here, which they sorely needed. Um, I know obviously he wanted to go a little bit deeper in this ball game, but the Pharaoh Miguel Cairo, you know, made the pull when he did, but Lance went out there and did his job. And especially when this team went out there and when they had the back-to-back home runs, courtesy of your baby boy and Andrew Vaughn. And so they got the lead and it's a three to one ball game at that point. He gives up, you know, a run in that second inning there. And then he just really shut it down after that and allowed the offense to go back out there and work. And so you got to be very happy with that. You absolutely do. And we'll get into some of this 
home run hitting stuff because it was home run fun today. Now, Steve, just a few more notes on Lance Lynn here. You wrote an excellent article a couple of days ago, and maybe a week ago, it feels like. Maybe more. I can't even remember. Time all blends together at this point in the White Sox season. But you wrote an article about Lance Lynn's sort of resurgence and the utilization of that curveball. Has that been tracking uh, since uh, since you wrote that, everything? I'm just curious for thoughts and follow-up on that, uh, that pitch mix uh, that you were diving into. Yeah, that, that is something that he has continued to maintain here, utilizing and mixing in the curveball with a higher level of frequency than we certainly saw from him early on in the season. And as one of the things that I highlighted in the piece, I think it is really helping the fastball to play up a little bit more than it was initially in the season when he came off of the IL following the knee, the knee surgery there. So it's all about just giving hitters a different look and changing eye levels and varying timing. One of the age-old adages about pitching is that the art of pitching is the art of upsetting timing for the hitters. And Lanson is really being able to do that more frequently now since he is incorporating that curveball with more frequency. Great follow-up there, Steve. Uh, you know, let's let's get to that that home run stuff. The home run stuff, because that's fun to talk about. Uh, we had some some set the tone action today from Gavin Sheets. Uh, he's the one that starts the home run party. Got to give credit to my boy Gavin for starting off the home run derby that took place in Cleveland today. Because right after that, Stephen, Andrew Vaughn also left the yard. And boy, was that fun to watch. It's It was sort of, you know, it, I know this is a, a long stretch here, but sort of Bash Brothers-esque mm-hmm. uh, between Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn. They've, they've both had a similar, uh, you know, path in the majors here early on, playing out of position, so to speak, being, a, you know, a natural first baseman and then finding themselves in the middle of the order, mashing with the power bats that they have. I thought it was really cool. I like them as the uh, sort of White Sox Bash Brothers of the future, so to say. Yeah, it's nice to obviously have – the right-handed, left-handed combination in there. The other thing, too, that I want to talk about, because I don't want this to get lost in the shuffle here with the Gavin Sheets home run, that 10-pitch at bat leading up to the culmination with that two-run homer there, fouling off a number of tough pitches, working that at bat, just a quality sequence, that was a professional at bat right there. That, that might be the most impressive, and it could turn out to be potentially the most important at-bat of the White Sox season right there. So for everybody, if they are able to right the ship, build off of this, have the positive momentum, and if they are able to catch Cleveland, that is an at-bat within a specific game. You know, you talk about sequences from game to game, but within a specific game itself, that at-bat right there could be a thing that we look back on as a pivotal moment for this team. Hey, and Gavin has done a lot of the little things that you look for in a professional baseball player. He's done things a little bit differently. Um, And, you know, as a younger guy on this team, I think it's very encouraging to see Steven. You talk about moments like this, that 10 pitch at bat. He's been no stranger to long lengthy at bat. Some of them haven't gone his way, but I think he's put together over the course of this season, from and this is there's no bias in this 
I can remember at least five or six at-bats this season where Gavin Sheets had the most competitive at-bat in the baseball game for the Chicago White Sox. And that's a lot to say for a guy that, uh, you know, had to get set down earlier this season. He's really turned it around. First road homer. I think that's one of the only things that we can complain about his season thus far is that he hasn't been able to get it done on the road. Well, he snapped out of that today in what you classified as could potentially be the most pivotal at-bat of the season. So I, I've got to say it, man. I love what we've got from Gavin Sheets this season. I think he's grown. I think the sophomore slump was avoided uh, for all intents and purposes at the plate. Um, you'd like a little bit better results overall, but he has really quietly had, uh, I think, some of the most development on this team outside of Dylan Cease on the pitching staff. But amongst hitters for this White Sox team, you've seen a lot of growth from Gavin Sheets and competitive at-bats. He's running things out. I think he's gotten a little bit better in the outfield. There's still a couple blunders there. It's not obviously something that I think he's going to be a gold glover any day, but there was a lot of positives to Gavin Sheets' um, uh, growth and trajectory this season. I don't know if you have any further comment on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think when he came back from the stint in Charlotte, he was kind of a whipping boy for a portion of the fan base on, um, I think it's twatter.com. I, be I believe that's what it's called. And a lot of that just simply wasn't his fault. You know, the fact that he's playing the outfield is not his fault. That is a function of a misshaped roster. But since Gavin Sheets came back, he has been one of the most pivotal offensive players on this team. He's had a couple of, of cold stretches. You know, he was kind of in the midst of, of a little bit of a rough patch here, maybe I would say over the last five to seven days or so. But boy, did he pick a time to snap out of that. And so really, for a lot of the flack that he has gotten this year, he really shouldn't be getting it to the level that he was like i said since he came back up from charlotte i don't know how anybody can really look at things and say that gavin sheets has been a problem for this team uh he's been providing power in the middle part of this lineup and being able to do it from the left-hand side of the plate if you want to critique one thing it's that he's he doesn't take walks but you know if you're not going to take walks you got a slug and he's slugging so I got no issues with what we've seen from Gavin Sheets from a developmental standpoint here in 2022. Excellent hashtag analysis there, Stephen. Now, the guy who hit the home run after him, we just mentioned Andrew Vaughn, uh, and, and I, I may be making this Bash Brothers reference because there was a camera shot of Andrew Vaughn down in the dugout trying to mash forearms with people after that home run. I don't know if you caught that, uh, but it was it was Bash Brothers-esque, and I, I loved it. Um, you know, he's, he's also uh, had some development this year. Uh, you, you like a little bit more power. But you got that power today. And we know about the multi-home run strategy here on Sox on Tap. It was so awesome to see the multi-home run strategy deployed, uh, I would say, in a set-the-tone manner, Stephen, uh, when you do it back-to-back -back in the second inning. Uh, you really can't ask for more than back-to-back uh, -back home runs in the first time through the order. You know, especially considering the fact that in the top half of the first inning, the at-bats were not particularly great. They went down in order against um, 
a guy that Cleveland had just called up from double A that had gotten tattooed in his one major league start against the Houston Astros. And for him to go out there and retire the side in order in that first inning, you're thinking to yourself, uh, here we go again. Another classic example of an inexperienced pitcher just coming up, taking advantage of the White Sox aggressiveness and looking like Cy Young out there. And they were able to turn that around on him. And once those floodgates opened, baby, they did not stop. And you love, love to see it. You absolutely do. Now, there was one little rocky point in here, and that comes in the bottom of the second, Steve. Uh, Cleveland was able to get one back there. And we had a moment, a brief moment, where I thought to myself, boy, this game can get ugly. And that's courtesy of an infield pop-up that falls between Yasmani Grandal and Jose Abreu. And Cleveland's able to scrape one across there. Lance gets the job done and, and gets out of this avoiding further harm. But, man, I just felt it right there that it was going to go sideways, Steve. I was I was bracing for impact after that ball dropped in the infield. I think we all were. That was just another classic example of the Little League bullshit that has plagued this team for a vast majority of the season. Rearing its mm-hmm. ugly head once again and doing so at a very pivotal moment in a game that you can't afford to lose if we're being totally honest with ourselves. And I think the collective fan base all just kind of threw our hands up. was like, Oh, well, here we go. And uh, Lance was able to buckle down after that and really just take care of business and just be the consummate professional that he is. And that's what this team really needed. And that I think is a big function of why, his spot in the rotation was swapped to pitch this game today because do you think if that happens with Lucas Giolito on the mound, we have the same outcome? You know, we were talking a little bit about this on uh, the last show here, Steve, and I don't, I don't think that Lucas Giolito gets through that. And, And that's been kind of the Lucas Giolito that we've seen all season. Now, I don't want to go and play what ifs. This is just my personal belief. Um, you know, if, if you have something like that happen, I think he gets a little flustered and damage is, is a lot more than, than what uh, Lance was able to navigate there. But that's sort of the problem whose year isn't going exactly the way that one would hope. And uh, I thought it was a smart move by the White Sox organization to slot Lance Lynn into this start. And uh, I'll continue to say that, especially uh, how pivotal this matchup was. Steve, the White Sox offense continued to just mash baseballs through all the way to the end of the fifth inning. And it was just home run after home run after home run. I don't know if you want to go through each and every one of these, but I'm curious, which one was your favorite? You know... I think seeing Elvis Andrus being a guy that I wrote about not too long ago and the impact that he has had on this club to see him just come in and really breathe life into this offense and being able to do so from a power standpoint, which is something that I don't think a lot of us would really have anticipated. But if you're getting that at the top of the order, that can really hashtag set the tone for this team. And it's been a big part of why they have been one of the best offenses in baseball here over the last two weeks. 
So seeing him continue to drive the baseball and get the extra base hits when this team for you know five months of the season was devoid of any kind of slugging, seeing it come through now at the most pivotal stretch of the year. We get we gotta be real about this. It's huge honestly. And again, just not a source that we were anticipating it coming from. So anytime you see him come out there and just continue to drive the baseball, you got to take it. I would tend to agree with uh, everything that you're saying there. And uh, I do, I will hashtag confirm that I agree with everything that you're saying there, Steve. Uh, He's been just a joy to watch in a white Sox uniform. We've also kind of gone down this little rabbit hole here, Uh, on the show about what to do when uh, Tim Anderson, if Tim Anderson returns, although he was cleared for baseball activities. uh, I believe that was yesterday or two days ago. So he's going to start ramping some things up. Expectation is that he's back next week, but yeah, I I love the way that this lineup has been constructed uh, since Andrews uh, has assumed that that top spot in the order. I think that he has also, uh, like you said, just been a slugging machine that that's contagious that sets the tone and i think you're spot on with that analysis once again now there's a couple other home runs to talk about i I do agree with you a bit outside of i'll take gavin sheets is my favorite one outside of that it's probably elvis as well but uh let's let's talk a little bit about some of these other guys uh not too much uh analysis needed on any of these this was just a home run fest uh you had uh yon moncada leaving the yard uh, also, Yasmani Grandal leaves the yard in there. Um, you know, Elvis actually missed one earlier in the game that I thought he was going to get a hold of. And Abreu also had some some shots to the wall too, Steve. It was looked like they had this guy's number by about the, the midway through the second inning and he was figured out. Um, and, man, Cleveland just let him wear it. Yeah, they really did. Obviously, knowing that they've got this five-game set coming up with the Twins over the weekend, you've got a doubleheader mixed in there on Saturday. So he's coming up to make this start, essentially, and he was going to have to kind of wear it. They're looking to try to save the bullpen arms for this series coming up this weekend, and then knowing that they have to come to the corner of 35th and Shields Tuesday through Thursday next week. So this nine-game stretch that this team has is going to – really kind of in some ways almost be a make or break thing for them as well. So circling back on the home runs there, you know, talking about Yoan Mankata and Yasmani Grandal, two guys that probably have not probably, but have caught more flack and justifiably in most cases than any other members of this White Sox team here in the 2022 season. Yoan Mankata has started to show some signs of life offensively, The overall numbers on the 2022 season, they're not good. They're not going to look good when you see the back of the baseball card, you know, down the road. They just, they are what they are at this point. But if he can continue to put together quality at bats here during the month of September here over these last 18 games, getting him hot would be a real boost to this lineup. More so than what we've already seen from this core group overall here in the last two weeks, if you add another guy in there that is swinging the bat hot, all of a sudden now you can really maybe go on a long protracted run to make up some of this ground here and give yourself a fighting chance to win this division. And seeing Yasmani Grandal actually drive a baseball 
actually be able to score a run, which is a rarity for him this season. That's also huge. He's, you know, he's honestly, he's almost been like Nick Madrigal this year, for lack of a better term, the slugging being below the on-base percentage for a good portion of Oof. the season. That's that's, that's not what you want to see right there. So if you can get Yaz turning on the ball, driving it a little bit again, just lengthening up that lineup, all of a sudden now this team becomes a little bit more dangerous. It does. And the lineup does feel a little bit more dangerous these days, Stephen. If I'm if I'm if I'm saying uh that uh Yasmani Grandal's hitting home runs, if I'm saying that uh you know Eloy Jimenez has just been an absolute monster at DH, if I'm saying that uh Yoan Mancata has earned his way back up into the two hole, it's a it's a very dangerous lineup, and this thing doesn't even feature Luis Robert today, if we want to get to a little bit of news, Steve, uh, he gets taken out of the lineup um, in today's ball game. And there were some some comments that were made about his hand. You want to dive in on that? Yeah, there seems to be some misdirection as far as from a messaging standpoint. Um, you have you know, Miguel Cairo kind of talking about the hand is bothering him a little bit. And then Luis basically trying to downplay when he's talking to Scott Merkin and the rest of the beat reporters, uh, basically just saying that it's fine. He knows he's got to go out there and do what he can do to help this team win. It's very obvious if, as you watch the at-bats, one of the things that was talked about in, in the media scrum here was that as the at-bat lengthens, the situation gets a little bit worse with the hand. So, you know, if he's going out there fouling off pitches, if he has a long protracted at bat, the outcome is not going to look particularly great. And I think that's where you're going to start to see some of these one-handed swings and misses that just look really ugly, for lack of a better term here. So I'm just not confident that they're going to get anything offensively out of Luis Robert here for these last 18 games. He's almost basically become a glorified pinch runner defensive replacement. At this point, I know he had a base hit in the game yesterday, but the fact of the matter is they're just not getting anything, and it doesn't look good. So it's one of those things where we're not, we're just not going to get a good Luis Robert again until 2023, unfortunately. Seems to be uh, par for what we've been talking about here, Steve, over the past uh, couple of weeks uh, with the Luis Robert wrist injury experience uh but that's that's enough of that for right now the rest of the lineup got the job done today Sox win eight two they did tack on another run in the ninth inning uh they're just as you know extra insurance and uh you saw a a nice little bullpen day uh from the White Sox Aaron Bummer Reynaldo Lopez Kendall Graveman is out there to shut the door uh the Cleveland tax on an unearned run as well there in the uh, in the seventh inning, but nothing really doing there uh, for Cleveland at all today. And it was just interesting. I mean, this was a game that uh, was a makeup game for uh, what was game three of a three-game set earlier this season. Uh, I know the fans will remember that I believe it was on a Sunday and you're sitting down to watch some baseball and the Cleveland grounds crew doesn't come and do any sort of 
uh, attempt to get a baseball game played. It was a very, very lengthy delay. And this serves them right for trying to play games and get out of a, a Dylan C start. And Lance Lynn was there to go uh, shut their mouths. And uh, the White Sox end up victorious today. I think it feels fantastic to say that. Um, and it, it was a must-win game. And they got the job done. Uh, and this thing stays alive just a little bit longer. Uh, any final thoughts from today's ball game? You know, it would be a real shame if that rainout, because they were a bunch of little cowards on that Sunday afternoon, if that little rainout, which is going to cause them to have to play like 17 consecutive days with a couple of with a double header mixed in there, if that really taxed their bullpen and their pitching staff to the point where they just kind of crumble at the end, that would just be sweet, sweet justice. And it would be everything that the Cleveland Guardians and their fans deserve because anything bad in the baseball world deserves to happen to the Cleveland Guardians. I couldn't agree more. So we're going to look ahead. Cleveland, top of the division. You got a nice little three-game lead over the Chicago White Sox. They've got, as you just mentioned, a pretty long set with the Minnesota Twins here, Steve. So with that being said, how are you feeling about Cleveland's nice little weekend setup with Minnesota? I feel really dirty right now for what I'm about to say, but it would be to our benefit and to the benefit of White Sox Nation if the Minnesota Twins find a way to win at least three of these games this weekend. Those are words I never want to have to say. I feel like I'm going to have to go shower once we conclude the broadcast here because I feel fucking dirty right now. What in the uh, hell are you doing? What in the hell? You got Hawk upset. I Listen, I'm upset myself, but... The fact of the matter is those bastards couldn't even win a fucking game last weekend. They got swept on their home field, which would have really helped. Uh, Voodoo, you, you're go, you've gone too far now. You've just gone too far. We've we've got our guy, Voodoo, in the comments. Go make Ted happy momentarily. Yeah, uh, you got to be bleeping me. He's he's in there. He's in there. He's he's pounding away at the keyboard and just providing us some excellent content. So keep that coming uh, and drop in here. I see Justin is, has been in these uh, comments as well Fuck as our you, guy Justin. sale was here. Uh, so we've, we've got a nice little crowd tonight. Uh, but Steve, I can't believe you just said that we're going to have to have uh, Brian clip that out. Um, if he's watching this, uh, we're going to, we're going to need that, uh, that what uh, Steve just said, I can't repeat it. But uh, that was that was wild. That was a wild moment on this show. Anthony, you know as well as I do that it will be for the benefit of White Sox Nation as a whole. That's the only reason why I would even say something so disgusting, so dirty, so blasphemous. Because if it's going to benefit us in the end, then that's what has to happen. So, Sox are going to move in to Detroit for a little weekend stay. And uh, they've fared pretty damn well against Detroit. So, I'm not entirely concerned uh, about the White Sox matchup. But as you just mentioned, the Sox need the Twins to help them out a little bit here. 
So this should be an interesting weekend. I, I can't wait to see how this shakes out. I really can't. The most important aspect of this weekend, obviously, is going to be the Sox need to go up to the butthole of the nation, Detroit, Michigan, and they need to take care of business. They need to go there from the outset. Hashtag set the tone. Kick them right square in the nuts. Let them know that they're coming up there to whoop that ass. Plain and simple. Go there. Get three wins. Make it happen. Lucas Giolito, we were a little rough on you earlier on in this episode. We've been rough on you at various points throughout the course of the season. Put your big boy pants on. Go out there. Shove tomorrow. Get the job done. Get a win. Build the momentum. Find a fucking way. That's what we're going to need here. Hey, you said it beautifully. We need to take care of our business. And our business coming up this weekend is Detroit. That's, uh, you know, it, it lines up favorable for the White Sox, at least on paper. But you're going to need a lot more of that offense. What I don't want to see, Steve, is this same old White Sox offense that can go out and score eight or nine runs, obviously hit the long ball, and then just not show up in the first game of the series uh, and, and just be completely putrid with the bats. That's going to be a waste. Um, that's just, that's just going to be a waste of a day. Lucas needs all the run support he can get, get that man, something that he can work with comfortably. And, and, uh, like you said, set the tone in this series. It's going to be important for there to be no defensive mishaps in the first three innings here. We do not want it down that road. So baseball, good baseball, fundamental baseball, things that the Sox have struggled to do are going to be extra important this weekend, especially against a team like Detroit where things can get sloppy real quick. That's that's what I'd like to avoid tomorrow. You got to pick to click, Steve. I do have a pick to click. Because it's Detroit and because he's done more damage against them than any other team throughout the course of his career, Jose Abreu is going to lead the charge because I am once again asking the White Sox to deploy the multi-home run strategy. And I believe Jose Abreu is going to hashtag set the tone to do that. There you go. You're taking Jose. He has done some damage against Detroit throughout the course of his career. He even built himself a hut earlier. He's coming back home to Comerica. He's going to get back in that little hut. Then he's going to come out and he's going to slug two homers tomorrow. I love it, Steve. That's what you're telling me. And I'm buying right into it. So, Jose Abreu is NWI Steve Speak to Click. I am going to go with Mr. Elvis Andrews because he has been hot. And I feel like I haven't taken him as the pick to click outside of the collective pick to click for the Oakland series. So, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to ride that one for tomorrow. I think he'll stay hot, set the tone from the top of the lineup, and uh, things will be good for the White Sox tomorrow. That's about all I've got, Steve. Any final thoughts before we close this showdown? Took care of business. This was a must-win game today. You got 18 games left. Four back in the loss column. You live to fight another day. Keep the momentum going. Go to Detroit. Beat the fuck out of these little piss ants. Win a baseball game tomorrow. And keep going from there. 
Take care of fucking business. Let's go. Well said. Well said. It's going to be a weekend for White Sox fans. And we know that Sox on tap. The weekend starts on Thursday. Cheers, Steve. I know you didn't have a beer. I'll crack one on the way out of here. Make sure you are going to ontapsportsnet.com for all Chicago sports podcasting and literature needs. Make sure you're following along on the Twitters at ontapsportsnet at socks on tap. You can find Steve at nwi underscore Steve. Myself at Tony on tap. Subscribe to the YouTube. Get in here. Get in the comments. Saw a bunch of you out here today. Thank you. Uh, we love interacting with you while we're on these shows. Sometimes you guys can crack us up. Sometimes you make us happy. Sometimes you make us incredibly sad. Sometimes Steve gets real angry. So keep dropping the comments in here, and uh, we'll keep doing the show. And Steve, keep getting your 69 mega. Yeah, there you go. You make sure you get the ad reads in. This is It's always fun to talk about wins. Uh, it's, it's always fun to see us take care of business here in the Central Division. We're going to be that's doing more of that. Starts. Yeah, that's where it all starts. We're going to be doing that all weekend. Steve, we'll close it down how we always do. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.